Hey, dear ones, did you know that you have a built-in compass guiding you to your soul mission with all the tools you need to fulfill that soul mission? Sound exciting? Then join me for a Soul Blueprint, the only certification program that reveals how to amplify your five spiritual gifts so you can consciously create a life and business of massive soul line success. Enroll now at allisonscammell.com forward slash soul blueprint. And you can find that link in the show notes. Well, hello and welcome to the show. This is Allison Scammell. And I'm so excited to be talking to you today about how to earn your first six figures in a year. That's a marker that many entrepreneurs strive for. And I think that we of the soul-guided entrepreneur variety can have a tough time wanting to achieve that goal, but just not really sure how to get there. I have the privilege of speaking to business coach Allison Hardy about this topic. Allison and I have an amazing conversation where she gives us a lot of do's and a lot of don'ts. And she leaves us with a really cool challenge that will help you get on track to your first six-figure year. So be sure to listen until the end. Welcome to She Grows, a podcast for soul-guided women entrepreneurs ready to grow their income, impact, and inspiration. Each week, we're going to explore how to align to the soul of your business and grow it from there. I'm your host, Allison Scammell. Let's get growing. Allison Hardy helps mompreneurs create thriving six-figure businesses on their terms by simplifying and streamlining their businesses, which allows them to scale and grow quickly and easily. Allison is the creator of the Six Figure Mompreneur podcast, a Huffington Post contributor, has been featured in YFS Magazine, and was named one of Washington, D.C.'s most influential professionals under 40 by Washington Life Magazine. We had an absolute amazing conversation. I learned so much from her, so I hope you receive as much from the interview as I did. Welcome, Allison. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Oh my gosh, thank you. I'm so excited to be a guest on your podcast. Oh my gosh, I was a guest on your podcast. Um, oh gosh, it was about a year and a half ago and I was living in Brussels. So it's crazy. I'm in Maine now and uh, you're in Virginia, right? <laughs> yeah, so we've been in Virginia for about two and a half years. So yeah, when I interviewed you, I was here as well. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> it's good that we move around. So let's get right into this amazing topic that we are going to be unpacking today. And I always like to welcome all of my guests to start with your journey. And I'd love to hear your journey, Allison, about if you could describe to us your journey to earning your first, having your first six-figure year as an entrepreneur. Sure. Yeah. So my first six-figure year was um, hard. <laughs> I kind of have a theory that the first six figures are the hardest. Everything else is a lot, not easier. And I want to say the business is easier, but it's a lot more, okay, when I do this, I get this kind of results. When this happens, I do this. And it's easier to kind of see how to get the results that you want because you kind of have a tried and true process at that point, or at least an idea as to what works and what doesn't. 
So my first six-figure year was um, I was doing one-on-one coaching. I was doing group coaching. I was, you know, launching the course, the passive side of things. And it was a lot of balls in the air. And if I'm being totally transparent, I was a bit of a hot mess because of that. So I got really, really, during that time, I really, really started to understand and value and really like crave the idea of outsourcing. Because up until that point, my business had been so incredibly feast or famine and been so un, unsuccessful, quite honestly, and um, really inconsistent that the, the idea of outsourcing wasn't something that I could even like entertain. But once I started to see results, it was really cool that I was like, okay, I get to outsource. You know, when you have that kind of mindset shift, and I think this goes for anything, our business or our personal life, I get to do this thing. I get to figure this out. It's a really cool kind of aha moment that happens. Um, so my first six figure was filled with like basically doing all the things and throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what hit. And then once I saw what hit and what actually works and got traction, then from there, I was able to make intelligent decisions on what my next move was going to be. And so eventually, you know, that was about three or four years ago. Um, and now my model is so incredibly streamlined. I only have like two offerings and it's awesome. And I love it because of, and I kind of think I had to go through the, the little bit of the craziness in order to get the six figures in order to actually see like what type of model works best for me and for my business. And I actually got rid of most of those things that I was offering in that year to, to offer what I have now, which is kind of cool. Oh, I love that. I love what you said about craving outsourcing <laughs> because I relate oh to God. it so much. Oh my, isn't it the best feeling to get help? It really is. It's really cool when you, when you can, there's two things I think that's really cool. You can bless someone else's business with your business. Yes. Yes. Right? Which is really cool. Like you're helping them to build their empire and they're simultaneously helping you to build your empire. But also like when you're not so good at something, but you know, it has to happen and you can hire someone who's really, really good at that thing it makes you look more like a boss. Like, let's be honest. Here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. It's a really cool feeling, you know? Yes. And I'm just sitting here looking at Tanner. We're in the same room and he's helping me produce my podcast. Exactly. And he's so in his zone of genius doing what he does. And um, after producing 40 episodes all by myself, soup to nuts, having the kind of support that I have for this, it, it it's like in a totally different experience. Don't you enjoy it more? So much more, so much mm -hmm. more, and 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 it's it's beautiful. And I also loved what you said about you streamlined your offerings, and now you only have two. That's so amazing. Well, and it's weird. It's like weird to say that out loud because yeah. of what I used to do, you know? right? But like those two things are so they're so good, and they serve my clients in really big ways, and they serve me in really big ways, which has to happen. Absolutely. It's one of the first things I do with clients is have them give me their list of offerings. And I just ask them, what, what, tell me one thing on this list that you don't love. And it's amazing how many, well, I don't love doing this. I don't love doing this. This is what I usually get back. And then it's like, why, why are you doing it? Right? Yeah. 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 I think we have to do that periodically. I just had somebody, one of my, um, you know, my, I have a program that's a year long and I actually had someone just now sit down and do that because she needed this year. She needed to really like figure out what her thing was. I was like, okay, so let's write it all down. What do you like? What don't you like? And she probably said she didn't like about 60% of the stuff. And I was oh like, all my right, goodness. that's actually 
good because we can get rid of that stuff and then you can only do the things that you like. Yes, it is so beautiful. It is really beautiful. And I, I'm the kind of person, I don't know you about, about you, Allison, but I get some sort of weird joy out of seeing how far I can go with, let's say, a software program uh, on the free membership before I have to pay for it. <laughs> so I'm a big believer in doing it on the cheap as long as you can before you invest. Um, and then making that wise investment that really, you know, gives you that big bang for the buck. Can you tell us like what you, is there any kind of process you go through when you decide to actually invest in hiring help or buying that membership with the software or something like that? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of what you just said. You, you get as much out of it as you can with the free version and then you upgrade to the next version and you get as much as you can out of that one. You upgrade. But like when it comes to hiring actual people, I outsource the thing. I don't outsource my blind spots. So like, um, Facebook ads, these are good examples. Um, people outsource black Facebook ads and they, they do it because they have no idea how to even run them. Whereas it's my kind of theory that you should have at least an idea as to how to run them or how to, you know, figure out if they're working for you or not. Otherwise, you're just taking this person's advice in a pretty expensive part of your business, you know? Mm. Um, so I think you should at least have a grip on on whatever it is that you're outsourcing before you outsource it. And it's like your podcast, right? So you said that you did 40 episodes by yourself. And now you're so grateful for Tanner because he's here helping you. And so, you know, like you get what he's doing, you have an idea as to what he's doing. So that's a good, that's a good outsource investment. If you have no idea what the heck it is that that person is doing, then I think it's, I think it can be a little dangerous. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And, and like, I had this whole like struggle with writing sales copy I was just like, yeah. I spend so much time writing sales copy and I hate it. But I yeah. knew that I didn't want to outsource it. I knew I wanted to not only get good at it, but learn to love it. So I started um, writing sales copy through storytelling, which is something I love to do. So yeah. do you have, I love this concept of I don't outsource my blind spots. Um, do you have any sort of methods that you use to help you, for example, find the joy in Facebook ads? Or is it just, you know, a good idea to learn how to do it and then you can outsource it? I'm one of those weird people that actually really loves Facebook ads. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. I love, I love them. But I do outsource them because they take up a ton of my time. Yes. So I could sit for 12 hours a day and tweak my Facebook ads and be so incredibly happy about it. But that doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve my clients. And mm. it's not a good use of my time. Yeah. So for me, a buying back of my time thing, because I don't, I only work like 15 to 20 hours a week. That's kind of just how life is right now. And so I have to outsource a lot of things with the goals that I have for my business. So, and with like, you know, the client work and like what I'm actually committed to through people who invest in my business. Yeah. So yeah, when I outsource, I outsource the things that take up a bunch of my time that I'm doing. I don't outsource things that I'm not even doing right now. So like um, an example, Pinterest marketing. I know that Pinterest is cool. I know that it's a great search engine. I know all these things about it. I know that it's a good idea. I'm just not doing it right now because I don't have the bandwidth to do it. So mm. I would want learn a little bit more about it, get some results myself and then outsource it because I know it's going to take up a bunch of time. And so if I don't have time to spend on it right now, 
I'm not going to have time to manage someone who is, you know, working on that for me. And not that like managing someone is a burden or anything. It's just, I want to set them up for success because when an, a contractor or a team member feels invested in my business, that helps them to get better results because there's a purpose for them and a, and a, and a, a cause for them. Um, so if I don't have time to even work at that thing myself, I'm not gonna have time to pour back into that team member and that's doing them a disservice. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I think it's wonderful that you're only working 15 to 20 hours a week. I'm striving for that uh, because I have a real a tendency to over effort and not in a way that serves me. So I think yeah. that's really mm -hmm. inspirational. And yeah. So Allison, from your experience, what are the top three things that must happen to have your first six-figure year? What are the top three things that need to happen? Okay, so number one, there has to be some sort of system working for you in your business. So um, a lot of people who are striving for six figures, they're doing a lot of active work. So they are organically promoting their lead magnet, which builds their email list. They're hoping, hosting the webinars. They are doing the live training series. They are doing the video series. They're doing all these things actively, which that does need to happen. We need to have an active part in our business. Like if we're not actively showing up for our business, then like, that's cool. But like, are you really serving people? I would argue probably not. So there has to be though some sort of thing that happens in the background of your business that grows it for you. So a lot of times that thing can be like a Facebook ad for a lead magnet. And then once someone downloads that lead magnet, they get put into an email funnel, develops that no like and trust factor with that new person, and then eventually pitches them something. A low and it can be like a low cost something. It can be like a $17 workbook or a $32 video series or a membership site that's $37 a month or, you know, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be like this big, crazy investment, your $10,000 coaching program. Odds are someone who's brand new to you in a funnel is they're probably not going to buy that from you, right? They're probably, you, they, you've probably proven that you're very good at what you do to them, but at the same time, they just haven't known you long enough. So that no like and trust factor, it's probably just not there yet. So what that funnel does is it grows your list and those purchases fund your Facebook ads. So like I'm a big fan of leveraging Facebook ads for free through a highly converting email funnel with a low cost ask because that's an easy thing for someone to buy. Mm -hmm. So like that example of um, a lead generation strategy that kind of feeds, that serves itself. It like feeds back into each other, right? Can you give us an example, like a specific example of how that works? Sure. Okay. So the Facebook ad, I'll use an example from my business because I can talk easily about it. So Facebook ad for a checklist that shows you how different places to promote your lead magnet organically on social media. So it's for a very specific person who understands the need to build their email list. And their main objection, a lot of the people who I work with, their main objection is, I don't understand Facebook ads. I don't understand paid advertising. I want to initially start to grow my email list organically. So that solves that pain point, right? It solves the pain point for my ideal client who usually comes to me with that kind of objection. So it helps them build their email list organically. From there, they get put into, uh, I think it's like a four or five email sequence that develops a no like and trust factor. So it gives them podcast episodes that I've created around lead magnets. It gives them 
a blog post that I've created around Facebook group marketing. It gives them, you know, content that's similar or applicable to that lead magnet, that freebie that they downloaded. You're using the expression, no like interest factor. Can you just tell us a few words about what that means? Yeah. So no like interest factor is you are developing, you're becoming a real person to this person. If this person is brand new to you, like they're a stranger off the internet and they've just downloaded their your lead magnet, they probably don't know you yet. So it's your job to help them to get to know you. So you're going to talk about your kids maybe, or your crazy life, or your aha moment, or your rock bottom moment. You're going to talk about this stuff while still showing them why you're an expert in your field. So you're going to talk about the time that you're I don't know, your kid spilled milk all over your uh, computer while you were trying to do a webinar. And that's why you no longer do live work or something like that. You know, like, like have those stories, tell those stories, give the snippets of your life that most people who you serve can relate to. So I work with mom entrepreneurs. So I talk a lot about like the juggle that happens between having kids and a business and the crazy things that happens while you're working and your kids are upstairs with a babysitter, you know, having like those relatable stories to develop the know, the like, and the trust factor, because people can know that you are really good at what you do, but they're not going to buy from you unless they actually like you. Yeah. I'm just thinking about my lead magnet automation and how I could do a better job building in that sort of know, like, and trust factor (laughs) into it to build those connections. Mm -hmm. So in that email funnel, they're going to get amazing value from you. They're going to learn about you and your life. And then once you have developed that, once you've done that really, really well, it opens them up to being sold to (laughs) because you've established rapport with them. So you've established, hey, I'm a mom just like you. Hey, I know you want a six-figure business. Hey, I know you have a lot of life going on and you're kind of questioning if this is even possible for you. So if that's what you're dealing with, I actually can solve that pain point through this thing. And this thing is the product that you're offering. So it can be, I, I am a big fan of with these, Facebook ad, um, you know, list building tools, having that thing that you're pitching at the end be kind of a low cost investment because if they're relatively new to you, like within the first month or two of getting to know you, they're probably not going to enroll in your really high end programs. So it can be, you know, your $37 a month membership site. That's what I pitch in that funnel that I kind of described to you. So I open the card up for them um, in that funnel. So normally the cart is not open unless I'm doing a live launch. So the cart gets open to them for like a 48-hour offer. If they want it, cool. They can enroll and they get served in a really big way. And if they don't, that's fine too. Then they get and they get um, like pushed into a, another email funnel that's a longer nurture series. So maybe they just need to get to know me a little bit better. So they get put into a, a nurture sequence that develops the know, like, and trust factor a little bit more. And then at the end of that, they get opened that cart again as well as like a last, hey, I know you said you didn't want it before. Now I think you understand things a little bit better. Here's the cart for you again if you want to if you want to enroll. Yeah. That's so good. I love that so much. And this is kind of a specific question, but as your uh these this new audience is in your nurture sequences, are they also getting your most recent emails or are you um careful not to bombard them with too much? I'm careful not to bombard them with too much because if they're getting, so let's say I'm launching like my, my mastermind. I don't want them getting pitch emails for my membership site 
and my mastermind. That's confusing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. And, and I want them to get content that's really curated for that specific lead magnet that they downloaded. So if the lead magnet is about email list building through organic social media, then they need to get t- content around that idea. Mm-hmm. So if I do like a mindset episode of my podcast, I don't want them getting that unless it actually makes sense for them. And odds are it probably doesn't at that point. Yeah. Awesome. So good. Okay. Cool. So we were talking about the top three things and you were at the first thing. Yeah. That's the first. That's the first thing. The second thing is a streamlined business. So kind of like I was telling you in the very beginning, you cannot have 10 quadrillion offerings because you're going to confuse the life out of your audience. And you're probably like, if you have a whole bunch of offerings, you're probably not serving those offerings in the best way possible. So even though you might love something, if it's not helping you to move towards that big goal that you have, no matter how much you love it, you have to get rid of it. And so something like an example from my business is when I first started my business, I was doing nothing but one-on-one coaching and I loved it. And my clients got amazing results and it was cool and it was great. But it didn't, it's not, number one, it's not scalable. Mm. And number two, I found that every single one of my clients were lonely. And it was like this common thing. They were lonely and they would say things like all of them would say these things like, you know, I don't really have anybody in person that gets what I'm doing. My husband like gets it and he's supportive, but like he doesn't really get it because he doesn't do this. He's not in this world. I didn't really have anybody that I can speak to about this. When I go to like play dates with my kids parents, I tell them what I do and I get the, oh, that's nice. And nobody Mm -hmm. like, nobody gets it, you know? So because it wasn't scalable and because my clients were lonely, I shut it down. And that was like my most profitable thing I'd ever done in my business. And it was a really scary thing, but I realized like, hey, what if, and, and I was also answering the same questions over and over and over again, which is fine, but how can I like serve these people better? How can I streamline the process for them and how can I make it easier for them to get the answers that they need? And so that's when my membership or my uh, mastermind was born. Mm. And, you know, it, it solved all those problems. I'm able to create this kind of like framework for them and they get it upon enrollment. It's like a course essentially inside of the mastermind and it hits all those things. Every single person was saying to me over and over again, and it gives them their people. It gives them just as ambitious people as them, if not more, who are working towards similar things, who have similar things going on in their personal life that can get in the way of those professional goals they have for them. And then for me, it's totally, not totally scalable, but it's a whole lot of a lot more scalable than one-on-one coaching because I can put them on group calls instead of everybody getting one-on-one calls. And I can answer group questions and the other women in the group can answer questions for them if they have them or a different point of view. And it's this kind of like group think thing that happens as they come along and they're actually getting better results than when I was doing one-on-one coaching. And I'm not, quite honestly, I'm not working as much. Yeah. Which is also, so like you need to, despite you loving a program, like I loved one-on-one coaching, you have to get rid of it if it's not going to help you facilitate your goals. Mm -hmm. So good. And so the third thing I think is belief. It's knowing that you are capable of doing these things. It's knowing that 
yeah, it's, it's going to be hard and it's going to test you in weird ways that you never really expect. And yeah, people are going to get weird around you when you start making more money or the people in your real life, in your personal life may not get it and they probably never will. And that's okay. But you know that you're here to do big things. You know, you're here to do the work. You know, you're here to serve in a big way and to hit these big goals because your why is way more bigger than your fear and your objections. Love that, Allison. Preach, sister. <laughs> I want to then move on to the the next question, which is, what are the top three things you would recommend avoid doing or the top three mistakes you most often see as people, you know, hustle through their first, the that kind of mark that we all sort of want to hustle to as entrepreneurs, that first six figures? Yeah. It's downloading all the free things. So, you know, you see the the amazing webinar. It looks so cool and it's free. You see the video series. You see the checklist. You see all the things. And all of a sudden, you're getting bombarded with all this free content, which is great and fine. But you have to kind of guard, like, what you're taking in. Um, and I, I see people do this all the time. I attended your free webinar and it was awesome. But I, I, I just have other questions. What are, like, these are my questions. And it's like, you know, I answer those questions in the course or I answer the questions in that program. And like the free things will only get you so far. The transformation happens when you actually invest and when you, when you buy the thing that you know you need. Um, and so I think we, a lot of times like convince ourselves that this free webinar I attended is, is the solution to my problem. Like I got it. Like we're good. I don't need anything else. And then you, you know, start to work through the thing that they presented in the webinar and you're like, well, I'm missing the pieces. And it's because like free things will only get you so far. Um, and everyone else's content will only get you so far. Sometimes you just need to like put blinders on and tune the rest of the world out and focus on what you are working on right now, not what anybody else is working on. So I think that's the first thing. The second thing I think is scrolling <laughs> and wasting time. So I think that a lot of times we pride ourselves in being really productive or yeah, I'm, I have really good time management. But if you were to actually track your time and track what you do and the activities that you're doing in that time, I would argue you're spending a lot of time, whether you realize it or not, or whether it's intentional or not, doing things that don't actually serve you in your goals. So like a lot of my clients will tell me, yeah, I saw that someone is doing this. And I'm like, well, how did you see that someone was doing this? Oh, well, I was scrolling on Instagram. And it's like, okay, why were you scrolling on Instagram? Like, did that really serve you during that time? And they're like, no, I just needed a break. I was like, yeah, but that break turned into you like questioning what you're doing in your business. It distracted you from your goals and it, you're now comparing yourself. So like, was that actually a break? Probably not. Like if you're going to take a break, like go outside and take a walk, that's a break. A break is not scrolling on social media. Um, I think a lot of people get really caught up in in the um, in the scroll. You know, it's so easy to do and it's so mindless. And then thirty minutes, an hour goes by, and you're like, "Whoa, what did I do with my day? I scrolled on Instagram. Like it doesn't work, right?" Totally, totally agree. And I think yeah. it's something we all tend to go to. We we get on default mode to it when we don't really know what we should be focused on or we're, or we're avoiding just tackling that number one priority. So I think sometimes yeah. it's just easier to be like, ah, I'm just going to check out and see what's happening on Facebook. 
Yep. Yeah, I'm an Enneagram nine. And so we're like chronic procrastinators. Ah. So I totally get this. I totally understand this. What I do is I procrastinate when I don't want to do the hard thing. Yeah. So right. it's the thing that I know is going to move me forward, but I'm scared to do it and it's uncomfortable and blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, oh, I'm just going to scroll on Instagram for five minutes. And then 35 minutes later, I'm like, oh my gosh, now I don't have time to do the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that doesn't serve us. It doesn't serve us at all. So we have to be really protective of that. I've actually, on the weekends, I uninstall all of my social media apps. Good for you. That's right? awesome. And then on Mondays, I reinstall them. Yeah, because it doesn't serve me. <laughs> it doesn't so serve good. me. Yeah, it is so, yeah, yeah. It's so good. I try during my work day, um, I only will create social media content and I, t- I would tend to like create it all in one b- batch for like the month ahead. Yes. And I have my virtual assistant schedule everything. And I don't allow myself to consume it at all. So if I'm going to get on social media, I am going to interact with some people who are maybe interacting on my business page, um, post a few things, and then I'm off. And I find that to be just a really good discipline um, that I kind of have the rule, I will not consume social media during work hours. I love it. I love it. And it serves you and gets gets your stuff done. It does. And I just spend way, way less time on social media because if you're not consuming content, we, I mean, very few of us are there like creating content for social media for five hours. Usually we waste five hours consuming, right? So if you just focus on the creation or the occasional bopping into your closed groups and interacting, which I think is a nice thing to do, then you bop out. It, you know, you're just naturally not going to spend that much time, you know, wasted just doing that because you run out of bandwidth creating content, right? (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So we've got Guard what you're taking in, scrolling and wasting time on social media. Yes, yes, yes. And? Comparison. Ooh, like, compare and despair, right? Yeah. yeah. When you start comparing yourself to strangers on the internet, like that doesn't <laughs> serve you. It doesn't serve you. And like a lot of times, you know, let's be honest, like on social media, you're not going to post about the stuff that isn't going right. It's not going to happen. Like to a point, Right. We're not going to post about, you know, my dog peed on the floor before my webinar and like totally distracted me. And unless you like really want to put like odds are you're not going to post on that, that. So when people post on social media, we're usually posting like motivation or mindset stuff, you know, like stuff that we post about for our business. Yeah. So like you're comparing you who are consuming that you're comparing their outside to your inside because you know what's going on in your business and you know, like the kind of hot mess that it is right now. And that's okay. But like you're not seeing the real behind the scenes on their business. So I think a lot of times when we start comparing ourselves, it like suck. What is that expression? Comparison is the thief of joy. It sucks the like life from our business. And we start to like second guess and we cannot do that. Um, And that goes back to like what I said about belief is like, if you're here to serve, you can't pay attention to to all other people. You can't yeah. like watch your competitors and like competitors. I don't like using that word, but the people who do the similar things as you do, you can't watch them all the time. You can't be like, oh, she just had a really successful launch or, oh, she just launched a membership site. Maybe I should do that. Like you can't compare that stuff. It doesn't work and it makes you feel like crap. So you have to really like eliminate the feeling like crap. <laughs> it's, it's crucial. Those were really, really so good. And I couldn't agree more, Allison. Moving on to the next question. 
what spiritual practices, because this is a podcast for soul-guided women entrepreneurs, so what spiritual practices do you recommend to help reach and sustain six figures and beyond? Yes, I'm a big fan of visualization. It helps me to really, like, to see what my future is going to hold. And I think when you can visualize it, it makes it seem so much more awesome when it actually does happen. So like an example, I I became a really big fan of visualization when I was uh, running track in high school and in college. So I pole vaulted, which is kind of weird um, and super fun. I learned how to pole vault because I did gymnastics from the age of like four until I was like 13. So like the movements are really similar, but part of the things that like part of what you get coached on when you do things like that, that are kind of like a little terrifying is you get learn you, t- you learn how to visualize pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, like what you're going to do. So I'm going to take my, when you pull vault, you count your steps. I'm going to take my 10 left steps. And then on 11, 12, 13, I'm going to, it's called drop step kick. I'm going to drop step kick. And then I'm going to plant my pole and then I'm going to crunch my belly and I'm going to swing. Like you, you visualize it, right? So you see mm-hmm. yourself doing it, you go through the motions and it helps because it's number one, it's muscle memory, but it's also like mental memory. So you feel it and you see it and you can like see yourself actually doing it. So even though our businesses aren't these like physical things, like seeing and visualizing what it's like to have a $10,000 sale. And what you do, like I log into PayPal and I open it up and the balance on left-hand side says $10,000 and I get up and I do my happy dance and I'm so happy and I go upstairs and I call my husband or I call my best friend or I call my coach and I tell her about it and we celebrate together and then I go get a Coke to celebrate. I don't know. You do something, right? To celebrate yeah, that and yeah. to welcome that energy in. So like, I think that visualization is really important or if you're... um like a giver, like you, like a big mission in your business is to pay it forward and to give to causes that you feel really passionate about. You imagine going onto that website, putting in that amount of money that you want to give, putting in your credit card information and hitting submit and then feeling so good. And then seeing that like, thank you email. And then, you know, like feeling good about it. And it just introduces those like good vibes into your body. I think it releases really good energy and I think it opens you up for more. Um, so I'm a big fan of visualization. I'm also a really big fan of meditation because I have a hard time slowing down my mind in case you can't tell by how fast I talk. (laughs) (laughs) I have a really hard time like turning it off and so much so that like, I don't sleep sometimes because I'm like just thinking about things all the time. Um, I have a hard time like staying focused in conversation sometimes. So I find that like meditation just kind of calms everything down. And I think it's a, like a mental fortitude kind of thing. It helps you to like increase that thing that you're trying to work on. So if I'm trying to pay more attention to, to certain things by meditating, it kind of like develops that muscle almost. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. So about the visualization, I'm a huge proponent of visualization as well. Do you, so as you were taking us through that, you meant that you were actually visualizing the $10,000 in the PayPal and you were visualizing yourself celebrating? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That is such a cool practice. I use PayPal too. And um, when you get a deposit, you sometimes get an email that says, I think it says service at paypal.com, right? 
it says, you've received money or whatever it says. Sometimes I visualize my inbox just flooded with emails from service at paypal.com, service at, you know what I mean? Like a bunch of them in a, in a row because I'm just flooded with people buying my stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know what I have set up, which is kind of fun? So I have a Zap. Do you use Zapier? Yes. Oh my gosh. Love that. Okay. So I have a Zap set up so that every time I make a sale, it sends me a text, Ooh, which is kind of awesome. That but is super this. awesome. Uh-huh. So I, one time uh, during my very first launch for my membership site, I had like four people buy within like 30 minutes of one another. So my phone got four of those texts basically all at once. So I remember like looking down at my phone and seeing like four of those texts just pop up. And so I screenshotted it because I was like, holy crap, this is awesome. And like that. <laughs> I imagine. And if I'm having a hard time visualizing it, I actually go back to that photo and I'm like, ah, oh, remember that day. <laughs> it was such a good day. Um, that is so, so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't have to necessarily, I'm talking about money things, but like it can be, you know, connecting with that absolutely soulmate client and really serving her and helping her in these big ways. Or um, for a lot of people who maybe have a hard time with balance, it's like, visualizing you getting four quality hours of work in and then you shutting your laptop screen and you walking out of your office and shutting the door and then not going back in until the weekend was over, you know, things like that. Like whatever your goal is that you're really working towards, whether it's money or clients or um, balance or life, like just visualizing that for yourself. That is so, so good. So Allison, I want to put you on the spot for a minute. I like to ask all the guests on the show, to leave the listeners with a challenge related to the topic of discussion. Oh, I love it. I love it. So one of the things I have my clients do when they first start working with me is map out the possibility of their goal. So let's say, let's say, because we've been talking about six figures, let's say your goal is $100,000 in this year. So is that actually possible with what you have going on? Like, I want you to map out if you were to set, like you would have, what would you have to sell? What would you have to do? What would have to change? What would have to grow? What would have to go away in order for you to facilitate that kind of growth? When, and again, it can be whatever your goal is. So if your goal is to hit six figures, can you actually make that happen? What you have going on now? Odds are, if you haven't gotten it yet, you probably can't. So what needs to change? Like get really, really real with yourself, have a hard conversation with yourself or do it with somebody who can have that hard conversation with you um, and be like, what needs to change? What has to happen? It'll become pretty apparent pretty quickly, like what you need to do. So that's my challenge for you. That is such a good one because I think in the soul guided realm, you know, a lot of women entrepreneurs and men, um, but people who have these spiritual practices, you know, rely on law of attraction and, and, Um, you know, the visualizing and meditating, which is so, I mean, I do it every day and it's so important, but I think it's also like so good to also map it out as well, like as a complement to the visualization and the meditation and the, any other, any other spiritual practice that you're, um, you're exercising because it's like, you know, the law of attraction people, you know, say, don't, don't focus so much on the how. Well, Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with that. But it's also like um, having a little map about how you're actually going to get there just helps you get into that energy that it is indeed possible. Like when you can actually see the the pathway 
to the goal, it helps you get into that energy of I can do this. I so agree. I so agree. There's a practical side to law of attraction, for example, like that has to actually be able to happen. And I do believe like anything can happen. Anything can happen. But in our businesses, I would rather play it safe than rely on, um, you know, hope and hope is great. And that's awesome. And we all need it. But like at the end of the day, like it has to actually be able to happen. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, I've noticed just with myself and I'm a, a pretty spiritual person in this, in this sense that when I do have that map, it just gets me in that energy. It, it gets me believing I can do it. And without yeah. the roadmap, I'm a little bit like, hmm, I'm not, you know, not so sure. Second guessy. Can this happen? Right? Yeah. And if we're approaching it from like a manifestation point of view too, you have to actually be able to, from what I understand with manifesting, I'm not an expert on this whatsoever, but you have to be able to actually know what you're asking for. Yeah. In order for it to come back to you. So if you're asking for a ten thousand or a hundred thousand dollar year, I from what I understand, it helps to like know how to actually make that happen. So you know what to to visualize and what to manifest and what to ask for and what to attract. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So good. So Allison, tell the listeners how people can find you. You just gave us so much amazing information. So the people who want to learn more, how can they find you? Sure. You can uh, listen to my podcast. It's called the Six Figure Mompreneur Podcast. And you were a guest on it. And it was a fabulous episode. So find Allison's episode. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Or you can join my Facebook group. It has the same name, the Six Figure Mompreneur Community. Which I'm a member of and have been for years. Yeah, you have. It's been around for a while. (laughs) Yeah. And you give a lot. You give away some really good freebies. So um, you give a lot of value away. So if people are interested in getting one of Allison's freebies to learn more about her, her, um, I totally recommend it because there's some really good stuff out there. Awesome. Thank you. So Allison, thank you so, so much for sharing your wisdom. You shared so much. Um, I learned so much and I'm so grateful that you took the time and I'm really inspired by how you lead, who you're leading, um, just watching you grow. I've been in a part of your audience maybe for the last three years, and it's been really inspiring to watch you grow. And you often serve as a source of inspiration for me as I grow. So I really want to thank you for everything you do to be that leader. Thank you so much. Again, such a thrill to speak with Allison. You'll find links to connect to her in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're feeling at all called to this content, I'd be so grateful if you'd hit subscribe wherever you're listening. We have so many amazing episodes coming up that I know you won't want to miss. And are you ready to grow your business with both magic and predictability? Then head to my website right now, alisonscammell.com, and download my three free soul-guided meditations to get a clear vision of growth for six months' time and where to place your focus today to take you there. Again, that's alisonscammell.com. You can find a link in the show notes. And until next time, let's grow there together.